Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. One of the best things about Randall's is all the friendly and helpful people. And now, Randall's is looking for more great employees just like you. That's right. All Randall's stores are now hiring friendly new faces to join their team. Ages 16 and up can apply today. If you or someone you know is looking for a job with flexible schedules, great benefits, career advancement opportunities, and even scholarships, then have them stop by the nearest Randall's store for more details. Randall's. It's just better. Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This episode's a little bit different because it doesn't go into the NBA as it presently stands. This is actually about NBA 2K16, which is the video game that's coming out from 2K Visual Concepts. I'm a basketball video game nerd. I've, I've have been for since the NBA Jam era, and it's always a pleasure for me to talk with the people who take the time to make them. And this year, I'm talking with Eric Benish. He is the senior producer of the 2K series. He's actually been with them since 2K3. Crazy long time. And we talk a lot about the challenges of making the game, what they wanted to do this year, some of the new features they added in, including relocation and some defensive gameplay concepts that they're that they're working on, which I'm excited about. Conversation runs about half an hour. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. One of the dynamics that I find so interesting about your industry is that you have to work within a console, and it, the console itself has a life cycle, and you have a lot of games with, within that, a lot of versions, let's say, of NBA 2K. Where do you feel you are in terms of harnessing the power of the new consoles? Uh, this is our, our third release on the next-gen console, 2K14 being the first, and obviously 15 last year being the second. Uh, you know, every day we're still uncovering new ways to improve our game with the power of the consoles. And this all starts with, you know, the people we have employed here at Visual Concepts. They're very intelligent people. They know how to, you know, just scrape every single ounce of power from the consoles. And we also have the first party, Sony and Microsoft, you know, optimizing things on their end, giving more and more back to the developers so that we can use that power to deliver a better game for all of you guys. So now this is going to be a new product. If you were to tell people the one thing that you're most proud of that is new to 2K16, what would it be? Can I get two answers? Sure. 
So the first thing I'm most proud of is everything. <laughs> I think if you look at sports teams in general, they're kind of one-trick ponies, and I don't mean that to be – I don't mean I don't want that to come off as a wrong or us being cocky, but we improve everything in our game. You know, we have brand-new career modes. We make sweeping improvements to our My GM and My League. Uh, we make sweeping improvements to our My Park. We have the My Court feature. We do tons in My Team. Our gameplay is unparalleled. Whereas I see a lot of other games just say, well, you know, this year we added this feature. We didn't really touch anything else. So if you like those, sorry. I mean, for us, no matter what you play in this game, it's new and fresh. And I think that's something that really makes us stand out from the crowd. But my second answer is if I had to pick one thing, my career mode is phenomenal this year. Well, I know we've talked about, uh, you know, we have we work with Spike Lee. And I don't know if you have any questions you want to follow up with on that, but I think my career this year is it's unlike anything we've ever done before. Well, one of the things that I've talked about with Ronnie Singh, who works at 2K, is that I, I was surprised when he talked about how that is a, a, such a heavily played mode and how that's it's a big part of how people enjoy the product. And so that I'm sure that gives you extra pressure to make that a completely new experience every year. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's our pride and joy of my career. It's uh, This is the third year on Next Gen, like I mentioned, and this is our third completely new story. Uh, I mean, it's... It's hard to talk what we've done this year. I mean, going out and getting Spike Lee, having him write every single line of dialogue in the movie, having him direct every single scene in the movie. It's a, it's a different experience for us. Like having Spike come in, you know, he's used to using this specific camera and camera angles. And for us, we're 3D models and moving guys here. So it was kind of an interesting meshing of worlds. It's a very cool experience. Like the li- living the dream inside my career, it's a full 90-minute Spike movie that just, you know, takes your foray – you know, through your career, all the way from high school, all the way to the NBA. It's, it's a really unique experience. You talked about the kind of the differences between Spike Lee and what you guys do. Was there anything that you had to kind of change about the mechanics of the game in order to fit in what his vision was for my, for the My Career Mode? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you started, like I mentioned, you started in high school, and that was, I mean, that in its own right is a lot of work. We're talking younger kids, less defined bodies, cheerleaders who are, you know, younger looking, a high school environment, sparse crowds, different audio, different gameplay, different skill sets from the players. And you move that right into college and you have all the same problems again. Um, and it's just that we, we, I feel like we made three games this year. We made a high school game, a college game, and obviously an NBA game with the changes there. So it was, it was, it was probably the biggest undertaking we've done on Next Gen yet. As somebody who's a who's a big fan of college games, it would be nice if you could take that knowledge and actually make one, but I understand the limitations there. There are limitations. There are limitations. So one of the modes that I've I've played a lot of is just everything with, actually the iteration in 2K15 was my league, and you and I are both kind of nerds on the collective bargaining agreement. What, what have you added to, what have you added to that mode to make it a more engaging experience? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll hit the high-level bullets to kind of like really stand out to me. Uh, the first and foremost is our My League Online feature. Uh, this is uh, we've had online leagues in the game for the last couple years. I don't I don't feel like they've been great or perhaps even good. Uh, I kind of brought those under my wing this year. I was kind of a pioneer on the online association back in 2K12. I moved away from it after that. I just really wanted to bring that feature back with my team. So My League Online utilizes everything that was great about My League Online and allows you to play online with your friends. Uh, simply put, there's fantasy drafts, 30-team uh, leagues. You can have one to 30 human-controlled teams. Other teams are controlled by the CPU. Uh, and everything you can do is available, which is, uh, you know, in an online-connected world, that's the feature that a large percentage of our crowd want to play, and they expect it to work. And that was kind of our our, uh, our motto for the mode this year, is, is support everything and have it work. Simple as that sounds. 
Yeah, and and so as a part of that, you we talked about I think it was last year about the idea of how you have to make the AI, you have to make the AI a lot more malleable because if you're adding in things like sliders, you need to really rethink the process. Were there adjustments made to those this year as well? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, tuning the game for online experience is is hard. Um, when you have like trading amongst the CPU, there's expectations of how difficult it can be. But we have full customization for both online and offline about how users want to set up their mode. Um, we added a ton of new customization sliders this year. So if there's, if there's anything you can think of, you can edit it in this mode. If you don't like the salary cap number where it is, make it lower, make it higher, turn it off. I don't really care. You can do anything you want and build any mode you want, which is something that, again, like other sports games just don't offer. Like we just we don't have any limits here, and we just expose everything we can. I'm excited about that. Can you set the salary cap for the first year, or can you set it for subsequent years, too? You can set it for the first year, and after that, it kind of takes over based on the uh, salary cap inflation rate that you can also set. So oh, you, okay. can have it, you can have it be flat. You can have it increase 1%, 2 10%, whatever, whatever you really want. Awesome. God, it's going to take, take me a little bit of time to try to program that in, but I'm excited about it because, you know, you know that's, <laughs> what, that's what I do. Uh, yeah, so in terms of getting it onto the court, one of the one of the challenges I know that you guys have talked about in the material that's already out is defense. What what do you think are the high kind of the high end bullets for what you've changed on the defensive end? Uh, well, we have an all new um, foot planning system that works on both sides of the court, uh, and it really feels like it it grounds uh, the player to the court more. So you're going to see less floaty players, less suctioning into animations. Uh, and it, it really gives you the feel of the word I keep using. It gives you a dramatically improved controller responsiveness. So if you want to, you know, shade a guy, it's much easier to do that. You don't overshoot, kind of like you did last year, or just miss the spot entirely. Um, the main thing there is is just getting the game to do what you want to do. And, you know, it's a matter of us knowing what the best move is for this player. And if you move in that direction, we're going to put you exactly where you're intending to be. And foot planning really goes a long way into doing that. So on the defensive side, it was, Man, defense has done a lot this year. <laughs> there's a there's a blog by um, one Mr. Scott O'Gallagher. You can look on NBA 2K's Facebook. It's also on Operation Sports. He goes through a ton of videos about how we have different sets this year. We scouted every team. We talked to every team. And we have every type of um, defensive rotation they have on their team in our game this year, which is really a powerful thing. Yeah, and, and that's also important because as you think about one of the challenges that I'm sure is in the game is that as teams change personnel and change coaches, trying to make it that they play in a kind of a realistic way given what the constraints that you've already, that you put on it by who's on the, who's involved in the organization. Absolutely, and that was, I mean, you know, authenticity is everything we do here. So that's why we're constantly on the phone with coaches and scouts from each team, like garnish, starting as much information as we can so that we can put it directly inside the game. And one of the one of the features, I guess you call it a feature, that's gotten attention online that I've noticed is the redefining of ratings, which is actually something I'm excited about because it not only does it change the change kind of the way the players relate to each other, it also changes to me, I'm guessing, the way that they relate to historical teams because putting ratings in a greater historical context probably balances that out a little bit better. It does, it does, and it's it's a polarizing thing because when you look at our rosters this year, you know, we only have a small handful of guys who are rated 90 plus. I think the number's five, don't quote me on that, but it's right around there. Uh, and, and in previous years, we had a lot of, okay, well, LeBron's a 99. Well, what does that make classic Jordan in his prime? You know, is he 114? But he's not. He's like, he's 99. Um, so this year, every rating and every attribute is kind of rated on, you know, the best ever gets a 99. So when you look at guys like, like Dennis Rodman, he's going to be a 99 in offensive and defensive rebounding. 
and the rest of the world scales down appropriately from that. So those guys, people who have true unique skills, stand out way better than they ever have before. It's a much separation of skill, and it makes NBA 2K16 feel unique and makes every game feel unique because of that. Well, and the NBA is a sport where there's a league where elite players make that kind of a difference. I mean, a stat that I throw out a lot is that almost every NBA champion in recent years, other than the Pistons teams, has had an MVP on it. So separating that out and making the best players play substantially better than other guys is a more accurate reflection of the league itself. Absolutely, and that's, I mean, if you look at early feedback of the game out there, it, it, we're getting exactly what we wanted and what we expected, which is every game feels unique, because you can truly maximize matchups in games. You know, if you're if you're the Grizz, you know, you have your defensive matchups, and you really need to run them out there and exploit them. Like, you got you got to use Tony. Uh, but if you're if you're an offensive-based team, like, you got you got to exploit that as well, and you got to look at the defense, and I don't know, every game I play just feels unique, and it's really exciting, and it's also a, a tiny bit frustrating because you're like, you can't just like get into a rhythm and just win. You have to really think every time you play every game and how you're going to attack each team, and that's, uh, it makes much more of a thinking man's game, and uh, it'll keep you on your couch for a lot longer than it ever has before. And I'm also sure that changing the rating system also affected the way that you had to think about progression, especially for young guys, for people like me who play kind of more into the future, that you have to, you have to change that if you're changing the way that the rating system works. Yeah, our progression and regression was a major task this year. Uh, it was something we were even working on last week. You know, we have advanced tools where we can run 80-year simulations and see how the league progresses on a, prog- on a given attribute over the course of 80 years, same with tendencies. Uh, so for us, it was a dramatic retune of making sure that, hey, not everyone goes to 99 in a stat and that an appropriate number of people get, you know, to the right rating thresholds. And it's doubly important because those stats go right into our simulator, which generated our simulated stats. And for me, as a stat nerd, Having those be authentic is everything. Like when I look at other games and I see, you know, Wiggins, Wiggins averaging 35, 36 points a game in the second season, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know why you play that game. Like we just spend so much time making sure every detail is 100% accurate, and I, I hope people out there appreciate that, that detail we, we put into it. Well, and you also have to strike the balance with looking into the future of randomness versus, you know, just having it reach a certain equilibrium. Because Wiggins is a great example. You know, there are people like me who think that his defensive potential is through the roof, but maybe his offense, you know, there's more variability with that. And figuring that out, that part of it out, because, you know, no player is predestined to anything, to piece that and make that a part of the puzzle. Yeah, and that's, that's something our game models. You know, we have, every time you do a 20-year simulation in our in our franchise modes, you're going to get a slightly different result. You know, for all you know, Andrew Wiggins might uh, tear his ACL early in year two, and his career might never be the same. He might kind of plateau where he's at now and just kind of lose that potential, or he might pick up enough injuries during his year that just knock on that, or during his career, that he'll start declining at 28. Or if he has, if he has a relatively healthy career, he'll be strong until he's 35, maybe 36. As a, as a kid growing up playing games, it was if you were good at min-maxing, like you were good at franchise games, you would say, okay, I'm going to get this guy because he's going to be good. It's 100%. It's in the books. Uh, but I prefer more of a challenge where things change each time you play, but not so dramatically that, you know, Andre Wiggins will be, I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins, would be the, um, the worst player in the league in one of your run-throughs because that's just not real. But he is going to see variances in his career based on health and, uh, you know, where he sits in a rotation, how much playing time he gets, if he gets a lot of miles on the legs, all things we model in our game. You mentioned the the idea of tearing his ACL, and injuries are a big factor in that because you have to balance the people who really want it to be realistic as well as the people who want to enjoy enjoy the experience. I guess some of that can also come with sliders as well. You can adjust 
Uh, you can adjust, you know, injury frequency. You can just adjust injury duration, severity, anything you want. If you feel like we have too many, tune it down. Not enough, tune it up. Uh, and one of the things with injuries is we added second injuries this year. I think injuries in sports teams are pretty much, they've been standardized for 15 years. If a guy gets hurt, you know, he's got a twisted ankle. Uh, but in our game this year, you can have a twisted ankle and, you know, a broken forearm or whatever the case may be. So getting one injury does not preclude you from getting another one, which is actually a really cool addition to the game this year, as subtle as it is. And I'm, I'm trying to remember if this is in the game or not. Can you have, a, like, an in-game injury that resolves at, at the end of it? So, like, let's say you, a guy turns an ankle, he's not going to miss any time, but he's just a little bit limited during that game? Absolutely. That's uh, It's actually another thing we added this year is that if, once a guy gets hurt in the game, you may not know what the status of his injury is until after the game. So it's a, it's a decision up to you if you want to push it and put the guy back on the court, uh, which, you know, a sprained ankle could turn into, you know, a severely sprained ankle if you play him on it without knowing the severity of the injury. So you kind of have to wait around, listen to Doris. She might give you an in-game update. Otherwise, you'd have to wait until the end of the game to find out. So there's kind of an added strategy element there. Wow. That's a little. It's a little bit sad in a sense, but that's a, a great reflection of the way that it actually works. Yeah, uh, like we leave no stone unturned when we do our games here. That's that's. I'll keep I'll keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other mode that get gets a lot of attention that we haven't really talked about yet. That's a kind of a, a cousin of my GM or is my GM of my league. What have you added to there? What have you added in that direction? That's distinct within my GM. Distinct within my GM, we have a lot of feature sharing between my GM and my league, and one major, major feature uh, that I haven't talked about is team relocation, and oh, that's yeah. probably my favorite addition to uh, the modes this year. And team relocation allows you to take your current team, as it sounds, uh, and move them to another, another you know, place in the country. Uh, but in my GM, the process is really cool. You have to basically fill out an application. Uh, the first thing you have to do is uh, pick out your city that you want to move to, and each city is different. Each city has a different median income, uh, different overall population, a different fan interest in you moving a team there. And this all matters in, you know, how many people are going to come to the game, how much they're willing to pay for a ticket. So in my GM, it's all about turning a profit, and you need to be really smart about what cities you pick and what their current level of interest is in basketball, which is going to change over the years in our, in our game. We totally model that. Um, once you pick your city, you have to brand your team. You know, if you're going to move the Bulls to Los Angeles, you can call them the Los Angeles Bulls. Uh, you can call them the Los Angeles Caterpillars. You can kind of just rename the team whatever you want. Uh, you have to design an arena for them. We have a fully robust arena designer where you can, like, pick the shape of your stadium, pick the colors of the seat back. You can totally modify the floor, change the colors of the lines, stripes, pick your baskets, pick your advertising boards. Uh, you can customize your own logos. You can upload them from the Internet right on 2K.com, NBA2K.com, and put your own pictures on the court floor. Uh, it's completely robust. After that, you design your own uniform. It's the same thing. It's, you know, from the ground up, you can colorize your uniforms. You can upload your own logos and put them on there. You can put words on them. It's anything you can imagine, you know, right into making your, your team yours. Uh, and the last thing after that is you need to submit your application to the league offices. You know, it's not, it's not a, okay, I'm done, and now the, now the whole transaction is complete. Like, you have to go to the relocation committee, and they're going to give you feedback based on your application. Uh, some teams might not be happy that you're moving into their, their hood. So if you try and move a third team to, the, to Los Angeles, the Lakers and Clippers owners are just going to be flat out, no, no chance. You know, you're going to fracture our market. We'll never approve this vote. But uh, other teams, and, and if you're leaving a city that has two, you know, those teams are going to be like pushing you right up the door, like, go ahead, we totally support your move. And you can kind of garner these votes by improving your relocation, and that might be improving your stadium, 
but putting more money into the relocation, uh, just anything that'll be beneficial to the other teams that'll that'll raise the overall league income. I mean, as you can see, it's kind of a it's kind of a robust process. It's something we spent the entire year on, and, and it even amazes me we had a good you know 30 35 people working on all the various aspects of creating a uniform and creating a stadium and all the different things that come together. It's one of the biggest features we've ever done, I think. That's fascinating, and I, I obviously I, I'm not trying to put you in a box, but that does open the door for potentially doing expansion in future iterations. You never know. Never. <laughs> yeah, that's something that that's something that I've I've pushed on just as an idea. Uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to open up the floor for you a little bit, just if there's something that you uh, a feature or something that that you haven't talked about that you think it would be worth mentioning in this. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a hundred things. Uh, we have our my park, which was huge last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my park was something that you can access through career. You took the guy you created in career, and you took him onto you know three of our parks. We had uh, you know Sunset Beach, Old Town, Rivet City. You got to represent your park. There was like rival day championships where you were competing with everyone in your faction against the other faction to try and you know see which one is the best. Uh, in that mode this year, we have three totally new parks. Uh, you can still represent Rivet, Sunset, and Old Town, uh, but you have all new art. There, I mean, we just spent. The mode was so successful. We spent so much time just making those as cool as they can be. Um, there's like there's there's something called house rules games in there this year, where in our 2K TV show you can now vote and people can vote for what type what types of rules they want in their park. So each park can have specific rules based on fan feedback. We can change that on the fly. It's all about customization with those modes and just giving people what they want, which is where the whole fan feedback thing came from. One other thing we did this year that's not going to get a lot of pickup on the press, but I think it's super cool, is we added 12 new classic teams this year. And uh, one thing we kind of added with that is uh, the Jordan rules. Um, the Jordan rules is kind of a, you know the, the official, unofficial way that the Pistons and many other teams handle Jordan you know, during his prime, how they would be physical, how they would push him you know, to the left. Um, and we totally have all of those rules in our game. So every time you play uh, with the Bulls against other teams, you're going to see them employing the Jordan rules on you, which is something that I think really just highlights and shows how we go above and beyond to create anything that you've ever seen in the NBA inside our video games. Well, yeah, that was something that was in uh, Scott O'Gallagher's thing, uh, Scott O'Gallagher's piece that really stuck out to me was the idea of defending individual players differently. That's actually something you and I have discussed through email. Is that I, that's something that I haven't gotten to see yet because I haven't gotten to play the game, but it, I'm really excited about because that is one of the dynamics of the real NBA that is so hard to capture. But if you guys can get even close to it, that's huge. I mean, yeah, teams strategize differently against different players. Obviously, you game plan around LeBron when you play the Cavs. There's just no way around that. And that's something our team takes into account, which is something that's it's really cool. Uh, yet, one other thing I do want, I want to mention, if it's okay, is uh, it's a mode called Pro- with Pro-Am, which is like another entirely new mode we added this year. Uh, this is another mode that you can take with your My Player that you create in career, obviously. Um, and Pro-Am allows you to kind of team up with your friends and play matches instantly. And this, this utilizes our design arena feature and our design uniform feature. And you can create persistent squads, you know, of you and your friends and go take on other squads. And it's a, it's a really cool thing. It's matchmaking. There's a lobby. There's no gotten next waiting on circles. Anytime you want to play, you can jump in and play. So it's kind of a, the yin to our yang of my park. Uh, so you can uh, enjoy both. If you're a fan of instant access on games, you can do that. If you like the community feel, we have the My Park option for you. I could talk for days about new features we've added to the game. Like it, it kind of goes full circle to what I let off with, which is everywhere you play in this game is a completely new experience, and that's what our fans have come to expect, you know, from visual concepts in NBA 2K at this point. 
it, in some ways for you, is it freeing that you that you basically think about the game as a completely like from the ground up each time because that way you can you can really focus on that because I, I would think in some ways that's it, not necessarily easier but I would think the word is probably more freeing because you really think about everything and so you you get into that process. Totally freeing. Like when we ship a game, I don't feel like well. This is the feature we made. I'll look at it again in three years to see if we can improve it. Like every year, it's like a reimagination of what we do game wide. Uh, so you know, we we highlight the things that worked, and if there was something that fell flat, we, you know, we look at it and assess it. Is this a viable feature, or can we improve it? And that's, I think, where we got where we are today. Is we are compulsively listening to our fan feedback, and and you know, who is it for us to say this is what you're going to play? when we have free feedback out there of people telling us exactly what they want to play. So I, listening to consumer feedback is huge for us. It's everything. That makes sense. One of the other things that I, I think about sometimes because I got to experience it once is the bot- the scanning. Now you do whole bodies too as well, right? Yes, we did. Uh, we've done a facial scanning for the last couple of years, which our heads look phenomenal in next gen. This year we do full body scans, which allowed us to get uh, first authentic wingspans in the game. We're the only sports game on the market that have authentic wingspans, which makes the game feel awesome. You know, the freaks with the long arms. I know we have um, Tayshaun Prince on the 04 Pistons, which is a new classic team this year. And playing with him is a completely different experience. You can reach from really far back when you're on defense. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Players look more authentic. They have, you know, their arms and shoulders and legs and thickness. They, they, they look like themselves on the court more than ever this year. Um, and obviously, face scanning is always there. It's ever-improving. Uh, if you've seen the screenshots out there, the face scans look amazing. Uh, players come alive. We have, like, expressions and emotions are always evolving. You know, when a guy goes up for a dunk, you're going to see his mouth kind of inflate and deflate as he comes down from the dunk. Like, everything just makes people look alive and kind of gets us away from that uncanny valley, which I, I think we kind of fell into heavily in 14, a little bit better in 15. And this year, it, the game just looks and feels alive all the time. Is it standard for you guys to rescan people every year, or do you kind of, does it does the technology consistent enough that you can keep it from a year for like for let's say the from two K fifteen? We can definitely keep it year to year if you know the status quo remains. But so many guys change their hair, they get new ink, um, just or their looks start to age. Uh, so we take every opportunity we can to rescan guys. Absolutely. Well, and most players probably like it. You know, it's one of those things at this point. I remember I heard in the, I think it was in 2K14, that, that players who, who hadn't come in were getting were getting talk from their friends and all that that they didn't look right. And obviously, in some ways, that goes back to them because you guys put in so much time to give them the opportunity to come in. Yeah, I mean, NBA 2K is a full-on culture. You know, with all the kids coming into the NBA, they grew up playing basketball video games. And pretty much all of them grew up playing NBA 2K. So for them, it's it's making the NBA is one thing, and, and looking proper in NBA 2K is another thing. So they come to us now, and they let us know, and they don't look good. So and that that only drives our game to be more authentic and as, as good as possible, which is it, it's great for everyone. Everyone wins like that. Oh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is that in in Scotto Gallagher's piece, he talked about how. Some of the, I think things like picking up players that have or past half court and things like that are going to be updated throughout the season. So that's going to be some that's something that will be adjusted through updates. Absolutely, uh, the defensive stuff is can be done daily through updates. We control that on our end. You know, we can watch something in, in the game one night, kind of assess it, see if it's a trend over time, and we can then make that change in the game so that you know teams are playing as they do in real life all season long. 
Awesome. That, that's that's exciting for somebody like me because you know that because also I mean in some ways a challenge for for you guys has to be to make a game that if people want to keep it more stable they can do that but if they want it to evolve with the league they can do that as well. Absolutely. That's 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 exactly what our intentions were. Yeah, and then we talked a little bit about wingspan. I, I think one of the factors that I'm excited about just is is the whole concept of individualism. And do you do you feel like that's really kind of the cutting edge of where your game is? Is that everybody feels different based on their own skill level? I think that's the most tangible thing this year when you play the game. And, and just watching the NBA, like every player brings a unique skill set to the game. Some guys are two way players. Some guys are specialists. Some guys are neither. Um, but when they all kind of you know, blend together and don't feel very different, you can kind of start swapping player A with B and C and D. Uh, but this year, each player's unique traits are emphasized, and I think that really, when you're building a team and franchise, that's super valuable because you have to look for the right mesh of guys. But when you're on the sticks on the court, you know, you really have to maximize those skills to your advantage to win the game, and I think that is what, obviously what we've been striving for, but we think it's what people want. You know, it's like showing off the unique skills of every player. Is that a challenge with generating draft classes as well? Because I'm sure you want them to fit into the world that you've created. It's an incredible challenge. Generating draft classes is a very difficult task, not the least of which is looking around the league to seeing if you have enough superstars and using that logic to build the strength of the draft. And, you know, do I have a defensive specialist? Do I have a guy with long arms who's good on defense? Do I have a guy who's tall and thin who's a good three-point shooter but poor on defense? And there's there's a thousand different ways you can build a player and to kind of try and balance all those player types into one draft class and subsequent draft classes is a very difficult task, but it's one that we're ever-evolving. And, and I feel like we have a great handle on this year with all the changes we've made. Yeah, and one other thing that I w- I've been thinking about is just kind of the dynamic with multiple seasons of how players progress during a year versus so like let's say let's say for example uh i'm trying to think of a good guy i was going to say dante Exum, but he's hurt for the whole year like let's say Giannis gets a lot better over the course of the year or actually it's better with a rookie then figuring out how that fits into like a franchise mode do you ever have to strike that balance too because you don't want those guys to become overpowered in future seasons well absolutely i mean we have you know that's just a part of our progression and regression tuning Uh, but we also do have our in-season training feature which allows you to kind of focus and harness on how you want to improve your players in season so you can specifically you know take a guy and say look i need you to improve your three-point shooting and just have him train at that all year long so you have a little bit more control over player development rather than just straight random what our engine spits out to which gives you a little a little freedom in how you build your players and your team which i think is a really cool thing of course, we can talk about anything else, but the last question I want to ask you is, what is what, do you have a favorite team to play as in in this year's game? So I was born and raised in Los Angeles, so I always play with the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, I love playing with them. The Lakers are cool because there's non-hurt Kobe on the team, which is fun. Um, and I know, I feel like I say it every year, but I feel like this might be the last year we have Kobe in the game. You never know. So that's always something you um, you got to consider when you play the game, right? Because one year you could be here, the next year you could be gone. Uh, the Clippers are a great team to play with. I'm actually having a ton of fun playing with the Grizzlies this year. They're a tough defensive team, and with all the defensive enhancements we've made, it really made them feel like, you know, last year they were kind of just another team with an average offense, and everyone played the same defense. Uh, but this year you can really take advantage of those guys and really really cause some trouble against the, the people online who only play with, you know, the star team. You know, they only play with the Warriors. They only play with the Cavs. And they only play with the Rockets. You get tired of playing against those teams. With the Grizz, you can totally shut them down if you know what you're doing. So I think that'll make for some really interesting uh, matchups this year. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time. It was good to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Eric for taking the time. Again, that was Eric Benish. He is senior producer of the NBA 2K series for 2K Visual Concepts, and appreciate him taking the time. As I said at the outset, I'm a basketball video game nerd, so this is something that I'm thrilled to do, do one podcast on it or an article every year, because I do think it's a part not only of, for me, even sometimes of understanding the game, but it's a part of the basketball culture. And so to have you know somebody who's involved in creating that product is something that, that I'm interested in. We will be back closer to business as usual in the very near future. One other thing I wanted to mention just in terms of the way the podcast is going to go is that I'm going to have you know general guests and things like that throughout the rest of September, but I'm planning right now on having all of October be season previews, and so what I'm going to do is have different people on kind of go in different scopes, and some going to be more on the stats side, some not on the stats side, and also the return of the over-under podcast with Arturo Goletti, which was one of my favorites last year. I don't know if we'll run four hours again this year, but we'll do it again. And so I'm going to really try to focus on that because we're not probably going to get most of the uh, rookie scale extensions until the very end of the month for till around Halloween. I want to do something on that as well, but that'll probably be the first podcast of November, which is a month and a half away. Not going to focus on it too much now, but thank you so much for listening. Feedback is always appreciated. You can hit me up on Twitter at Daniel LaRue. You can email me at daniel.larue at realgm.com. Also, if you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. All of that helps. Any Anything, if you want to tweet it out to your friends or whatever, that is appreciated too. Anything like that. Also, guest suggestions is something. I have a great group of people that are coming in, but I always do appreciate insight. That's how we've gotten some of the best people I've had on. So, I appreciate all of your interest, and you should do the same with the Dunked on Basketball podcast. Nate does amazing work, and I'm honored to be on it as regularly as I am. So thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 400,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.